Hello, and welcome to the STC Fit Learning Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Jason Galea, and I'll be joined by Ben Scott. Thanks for joining us on our way to creating 1 million positive outcomes in personal training by 2030. The podcast is brought to you by STC Fit Learning's Coaches Collective, a premium business mentoring service for PTs who want to attract the clients they want, earn a higher income, and have a long, sustainable fitness career. If you enjoy the episode, please like, share, and subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcasting platform. A five-star review goes a long way to helping us reach more people just like you. Hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to... Remember when we used to announce the episodes? The numbers? Yeah, it's too much. No fucking idea what we're up to. Mm. (laughs) Episode 171. It seemed important for the first 50. What? 170. 170. Oh, yeah. That's pretty pretty close, bro. Yeah. (laughs) What do you tell us before, Tim? You could have been professional. Yeah. Well, can we we count the STC fit ones and then we've done over 200? Just so we feel good. We're not doing any fucking photo shoots for this one, though. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> fuck, I'm still scarred from that. The couch. Yeah. With the... Oh, that was for there. downloads, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, whooshy. Yeah. The whooshy oh, sauce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we've come to now. It's whooshy sauce. Yeah. <laughs> it's easier than trying to say it. Mm. Whoever made up that name is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and it's in, it's like... Whooshishishai. <laughs> isn't <laughs> it a, like a place in England too? Like, is it? It's, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, how is an English word so hard to say? Yeah, usually it's just yeah flows off the. That's tongue. not a white person word. Flows off the tongue <laughs> quite well. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe it was like you know back when it was a complicated it was it was a complicated tongue back in the day. It's just we've tried we've probably made we it just easier. Simplified it. Yeah. yeah, like if you think back to like. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, you think back to what, before England was united. Yes. And there was the Northumbria. Yeah. <laughs> and Wessex. Which yeah. we only and know East, about because of Vikings. East, East Anglia. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I only know about, I know more about like England's history than Australia's because of Vikings. Yes. Yeah. like, you know, pretty exciting show. You've got to be carried away. <laughs> I'm one of those. Show. I'm one of those people that, um, that gets right into something and has to look at the real facts. Yeah. Yeah, so if something's actually happened, I'm like, all right, even halfway through the movie, I'm like, ah, screw this movie. And I'm just like looking on Wikipedia or something. Yeah, so yeah. I, I haven't done that Credible yet. sources, Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was always like, I refuse to open anything and look up anything until the show's finished because it might be spoilers. Yeah. But that, yeah, I probably should go. Yes, that's pretty bad too. She'll be like, oh, do you know this happened? And I'm like, and like we're literally in the middle of the movie. I'm like, whoa, that's pretty sick. Yeah. <laughs> it's about to happen. <laughs> yeah. They've ruined it. Yeah. But like, they'll, obviously, it's just glorified on the on yeah. TV. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I finished, um, maybe that's what I can read next. I finished Harry Potter last yep. night. All, all seven. All books. seven yep. put away. Very proud of myself. It's yep. the most fictional reading I've ever done in my whole life. Not that bad. But it was good. Mm. Highly, highly recommend it. Way fucking better than the movies. Oh, really? Like, so much better. Yeah, I, I assume like the first two books would be great because the first two books uh, movies are kind of shit. Like when you're when you're older, I it's think. Ah, like, oh, this is a kids' film, but I have to watch this. No, so the way she wrote it was that you were supposed to grow up with the books. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's the so same. the first two books are actually like they feel like kids' books. Yeah. Okay. Um. And then I think so it's, it's more, more my speed. Yeah. Well, for me, it was like, fuck, I haven't read a fiction book probably since I read the first Harry Potter in like grade six. Yeah. And I was like, okay, th- this is probably, like you said, an easy way in. And then I think it's the fifth book. And it was like, I looked at the read time and I think it was like 16 hours or some shit based on like how fast I read. I was like, oh, that's a big commitment. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like six, 600 pages or something, maybe. I'm not sure, but it yeah. was big, and I was like, "Okay, this is the biggest book I've ever read." Yeah, in terms of pages. Yeah, yeah, but it was good. I've enjoyed. I bought What's a next? um, I bought a Kindle, so yeah. it's uh, actually a game changer in terms of being able to read. It's more comfortable. You can take it everywhere. Mm. It's just easier. It's easier to upload books too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even like PDFs, like I've got. Um, so what I typically do is read a non-fiction book until my brain stops working. And then switch to Harry Potter or some shit. Yeah. So I've been reading um, Lyle McDonald's the women's women's book, book yep. um, and another one like a, on stoicism. 
So if we like read those until I have to reread a paragraph a couple of times, I'm like, okay, your brain's expired. Now go read something fun. Yeah. So yeah, even like all the PDF downloads and that kind of shit that you get. Yeah. Like that book, like Lyle's book and stuff. You can just flick them on there. So you don't have to print it and bind it. Mm. Like I have. I yeah. This <laughs> <for some shit. laughs> yeah. So like all the resources that we have, um, like Mike and Chad and mm. um, Skolmfeld, all yeah, of those like stuff that we had from years ago. That's all yeah, on yeah. my Kindle now. So is it? Does a Kindle work? Any? Is it just a digital book, or does it work like an iPad? Just a just books. Yeah. So yeah. It's just. Yeah. 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 So, would you just get an iPad? Well, the idea is you don't have the backlight, so it's less gotcha. stimulating, and it's obviously less distracting. I've had it. Well, I don't know. Eight weeks, maybe. Mm. I've charged it once. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, cool. So, and I think I charged it like for a few hours and then picked it up again. Yeah, like I didn't even full charge it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, battery life, and then it's so the the biggest thing is the iPad's heavy. Like yeah. I find laying in bed, like holding on. This it sounds like so pretentious, but it's like TV. holding a book is like <laughs> fuck. This is annoying. You got to hold it open, and it's like yeah. Uh, but then iPod, iPad would just be heavy. Yeah. Um, and then like the blue light before sleep, not optimal. Oof. Even though I have a TV on in the background with a fire Fireplace on the AR. YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny. I, was I, like, I like it when you uh, take that picture. It's, I don't know why, I just find it funny. <laughs> <laughs> I had a client message me like, tut, tut, you got a TV in your bedroom? And I was like, yeah, that's a fireplace. It's fine. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, that's a that's actually a hot topic of debate for our next place it's like do we do TV in the bedroom yeah being like second story house it's like contemplating it mm. yeah but I don't know I won't really spend much time in there anyway yeah I, we have one um, so we can leave the main area of the house if one of us is on calls yeah yeah so and like, that makes sense if you've got yeah like an open living space yeah like, like where my office is Amy can't watch TV if I'm recording mm. Um, and then where the couch is, I can hear, I can't even hear what she's saying, just the voice. Yeah. And it's like, it's annoying enough. It's just, I'm just going to go to the bedroom. Yeah. Um, and put a podcast on or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, we shouldn't have any issues with space getting out of each other's hair in the next well, <laughs> It's like 42. It's squares. rather large for two humans. <laughs> can you hear me? <laughs> no? Good. Probably have to have walkie-talkies or something. <laughs> I need a, um, like back in the day when they had all the speakers around the house. Yeah, the intercoms. Yeah. 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 I message Steph even if she's in like the like two rooms from me. Me too. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Sometimes yeah. I feel, I'm like, is this weird? It's, like, <laughs> it's efficient. Yeah. Yeah. It's easier than yelling. Yeah, that's right. Or yeah. getting up. Yeah. <laughs> the other the other benefit of the TV in the bedroom, and I guess Steph doesn't watch Formula One, so that's not mm. a bit a little bit different. But like Sunday morning, before you open anything, no social media, roll over, put the race on. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah, happy about that. Yeah, don't yeah. have to make it to the couch where it's cold. Yeah, I think I think we will go TV because like when you're sick and you just want to lie in bed, mm. it's like fuck, I don't want to lie on the couch. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, we don't watch a lot of TV in there, especially now that we're both like committed to reading at night. Yeah. It's cool. Like we, yeah. I like to have my, my dessert. What's your dessert? At the moment, it's light and creamy <laughs> with Milo. Light and creamy. Is that ice cream? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. I, for some reason, thank you I th- for clarifying that was, for everyone else. For some reason, I I thought light and easy. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? Here? Soup for dessert, light and creamy. Yeah, um, yeah, light and creamy vanilla with a, a dash of Milo yeah, at the yeah. moment. Um, Loving the Milo at the moment and a protein bar because low cal life. Um, but I have this thing where I like I need to watch a TV show when I eat my last meal of the day. It's just like my this is my switch off time now. It's like I'm done for the day. Yeah, right. What's um what's the what's what TV show are you watching? Dude, I'm trying to find the like simplest low input shows I can watch that aren't stupid. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like that can't can just... I can't do reality TV. I just can't fucking do it. Um so I've been watching um so we just like go through loops that we'll have on like when we're cooking dinner, those will be like friends, Big Bang Theory yeah. Um, How I Met Your Mother, yeah, there and the ranch. We kind of cycle through those because they're just if they're on in the background, we've seen them enough that you know the next line anyway. It doesn't yep. matter. You don't have to actually tune into them. Yeah. 
So recently we've started Two and a Half Men. Oh yeah, which is actually fucking funny. And I used to watch Two and a Half. When men. you watch it now, Pre-Char- good like, lord, you could not get away with oh, any yeah. of it now. <laughs> it's yeah. wild. Charlie Sheen days. Yeah, man. Very funny. Yeah, the early seasons. Fuck. Even watching movies now, like mm. watch um, uh, is it Forty Year Old Virgin? It's yeah. like man. There's no way that movie would yep. be made now, now with that exact script. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brogan's got this thing at the moment that there's the comedy movie's dead. Yeah, I like, agree. Like, name the last comedy movie that was successful. Yeah. Probably The Hangover. Mm. Yeah, you don't get many funny... It's like, like they're I'm, done now. Yeah, I have like... There's like six or seven funny movies that when you're in the mood, you would mm. just watch them like Get Him to the Greek. Yeah. Super yeah. Bad. Yeah. You know, 40-Year-Old Virgin. All of those, yeah. yeah. So, uh, those... Man. Those are the movies that I watch the TV shows with the similar kind of thoughts. Yeah, like, okay. Eh, just put it on, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's eight seasons, so I can watch it in the background for three months. Mm-hmm. I don't have to decide on one all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I started watching, uh, it's called Mum. Okay. And it's on Netflix as well. And yeah. it's it's the same producer or director as um, Two and a Half Men. Oh, okay. And it's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just like the chick from Scary Movie. I could never think of her name. One of the blonde ones. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, basically they're just like, it's a line of white trash alcoholics. Like the yeah. grandma's an alcoholic, the mum's an alcoholic, and then their teen daughter's now pregnant. So it's just like chaos. It's a good show. Okay. Recommend it. <laughs> I I've, I only like one type of TV show. It's just like, picture John Wick in a TV show. It's like, that's, that's <laughs> literally it. yeah. the only type of TV show. Yeah. Or if it's like the, the medieval version of it. Like yeah. Swords. I don't know what fighting. it is. I don't have the bandwidth for it anymore. Mm. Uh, they're easy to watch though. If mm. you remove yourself from the drama. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, this person hates this person. And if you remove yourself from that, that's why I didn't like Game of Thrones. Is because the second, like... You the needed second to get into season, the I was like, it. what the fuck is going on? Here? <laughs> there's so many fucking people yeah. in the show and it's yeah. like, there's just so much politics. I was like, I just want like, we're going to fight these guys and we fight them and we take over their shit yeah. and then they're going to come back and get us and we fight again. Yeah. yeah which so is I guess Vikings, Vikings like. I guess Vikings has both so you can get away yeah. with not caring. Just on a lower politics level though, like yeah. it wasn't in-depth politics. It's just like, I want to be the boss and I want your land and we're going to kill you for it. I think... My thing with Vikings was like I had to figure out what Ragnar was going to do because he was always going to do something. Mm. You just had to figure it out. Yeah. So yeah. that was like had... Yeah. Amy and I both are like trying to solve it before it ends no matter yeah. what the show is. Yeah. What do we watch? We watched The Terminal List with Chris Pratt. It's funny because like no disrespect to Chris Pratt but I just can't... When he's serious, I can't take can't him serious. It. It's yeah. like, bro, you got to be funny. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like Ryan Reynolds when he tries to be serious. Yeah. It's like, just, just do something stupid. Yeah. We know it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was good. It was kind of like yeah, like a Jason Bourne kind of, yeah. you know, he's an ex-military and they did something to his platoon and they all died and he's going to come back and get them all. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. Same as yeah. the Punisher as well. Yeah, well, I feel like that. That story has never been told before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a straightforward kind of Revenge plot. story. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. something yeah. happens. One person lives, comes back to kill them. Yeah. All. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a really easy watch. Yeah. Um, and uh, we watch an Animal Kingdom at the moment. Which I watched I heard the first couple of seasons. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Only second season in. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amy didn't like it, so it didn't make it. it we're like six seasons. It has like six seasons mm. or something. I like something that's got, like, I know that I'm going to get a bit out yeah, of it. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah. If yeah. it's got one or two, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to get, like, hooked on it. And then, and then it's finished. Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm liking the idea of just having months and months of TV ahead of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we watch maybe one show a week, like yeah. two shows a week. We don't really watch a lot of TV. Yep. Yep. Too busy owning nine-year-olds on Call of Duty. I was going to say, you're gaming instead, right? Yeah. 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 We spoke, uh, it's funny, we were, like we're at a family function. We had a funeral rest yesterday, but at the wake, we're obviously just in idle chit chat and we're talking about playing video games and yeah. then, um. I don't know, Steph's like, oh, I always hear him like, you know, yelling and swearing and screaming and this and that. And he's like, do you do that at other people? And I'm like, oh, only if they do it first. <laughs> and she's like, what? So you like yell at nine-year-olds on the internet? I said, no. I said, there's like a spectrum, right? I said, if they make fun of you first, it's on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, I don't care. Like, I don't care what your age is. Yeah. It's like, I'm coming at you, bro. Like, yeah. You know, you can't just like, you know, in this day and age, you can't just say something without any repercussions. Yeah. And then um, my, my cousin or Steph's cousin, 
he's like 15 and he's like, oh, he can't, he can't yell at nine-year-olds. And I'm like, it's okay, bro. I'm like, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully yeah. in the sim racing stuff, most of them sound like they're 50. Yeah. Yeah. Be like so a like, certain demographic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you get nerfed, you're just like, you're a fucking moron. And they're like, yeah, I'm reporting you. No. Never. Yeah, I've had a few trolls there just like, well, you're probably like 40 years old, fat, this and that. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly right, bro. Like, it's all whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I I said to Steph, I go, you can tell when they're like, you know, young, not just their age, but I said like, just their humor. I'm like, you know, they bag your parents and stuff and they think it's really really funny yeah and then my uh my cousin who's like 15 he's like oh yeah it's pretty funny isn't it and i'm like oh yeah okay i said i looked at steph like, you see you see <laughs> so you, you hang it on my parents all you like bro. yeah it's like it's not gonna offend yes you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wild world though you can get away with anything well yeah. unless you're actually a paid streamer and then yeah you uh lose your gigs and all that yeah, well, yeah, yeah, especially in the cancel culture now. Yeah. Got to watch your P's and Q's. Yeah. Actually, yeah. speaking of cancel culture, oh, yeah, I said it last week. We're going to um, Chris Rock. Yeah, sweet. Next, next Thursday. I miss it. Um, yeah. I'm excited to hear how it is. I'm so keen. Yeah. Yeah. I've, ne- I've, I've never been so excited for like a comedy gig. It's funny because you had tickets before that happened, right? Before we, the slap? We bought them like the week before. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like... It's hard not to lean into the conspiracy theories that it was staged, but I think oh, now, really, yeah, well, there's conspiracy that theories that, like, you know, it's got like it was staged, but it's like he got banned. Will Smith got banned for like ten years. Yeah, to the Academy oh, did he Awards. from the yeah, awards? Yeah, 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 good. He can't get a job. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, yeah, I knew he couldn't get. Yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. So even though last year he was like the highest paid actor or something, so I'm mm. pretty sure it'd be okay. Yeah, yeah, from a monetary perspective. Yeah. But yeah, oh yeah. no, she might leave him now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Fuck, let's not go there. What a piece of work. Wild. Yeah, I know. Do you subscribe to that? That it's his mental health is just from gaslighting from his wife? Oh, I think it's got a large, yeah. it's a large contributing factor. All the conversations I hear about, I'm like, yeah, it seems, yeah. seems pretty legit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, she's she's uh, definitely, in, in my opinion, a big contributing factor to the just his behavior in general. Yeah. Yeah, because he's only really started to wig out since they had that, like, yeah kind of separated what was it the, someone else the and, entanglement yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's like oh, oh, fucking <laughs> awkward, man. So anyway since a, he became that crying meme it's all gone downhill from basically there. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah everyone likes a good crying meme fuck yeah i heard someone say that um it's the the michael jordan one where he's crying That's the best and the kids were like oh he's the when the last dance came out they're like oh it's a guy from the meme it's like no 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 <laughs> he's the guy and someone made a meme he's not the guy from a fucking meme <laughs> he's the guy from the meme that's our generation that's the new, that, that's when you know we're that must have hurt your feelings <clears throat> yeah that's when you know you're getting old yeah. it's like the you know then the music goes on Gold FM it's like that's the same mm. yeah yep. I watched Space Jam actually over the weekend wait the first one or the second oh, the one new one yeah I can't do it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be I think yeah. I went in expecting it to be horrible which yeah. Was probably of, was what you should do with all benefit. remakes <laughs> was off benefit yeah because I was really disappointed in the Lion King when they did yeah, the it, live yeah. action I, one that's what I was going to say Lion King um, yeah. what's the Aladdin as well I haven't seen another that. Will Smith movie yeah um, awful yeah yeah it's just like think some things just need to be left alone just, yeah yeah. maybe use the new graphics and stuff like the yep. but just make it the same yeah I think well they tried to with Lion King but it's like you can't get live action hyenas to march like Hitler's army like you can't yeah. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't really work so it just lost a lot of the flair that it had yeah um, and even like yeah I think all the comedic stuff in the original you can't do in live action so it just didn't work yeah. but yeah Space Jam was okay like mm. LeBron's just as bad an actor as Michael Jordan was <laughs> like you can't expect an athlete to be good yeah they kind of overdo the whole like space verse thing yeah like try and make it I don't know, too much. Is this like the exact... Uh, is it a second one or is it they're trying to remake it? No, it's a second one and they even oh, reference So the monsters aren't in the <laughs> Nah, nah. They pop up for a second, yeah. like just as they're there. But yeah, like Bugs has to go re-recruit the Tune Squad yeah, okay. and bring them all back. Um, but it, half, half of it's like a, an ad for Warner Brothers as well. Like there's, yeah, they, okay. they go into the Matrix, they go into the DC Universe, they go all these places to like, oh, okay. this is all our shit kind of thing. But then they end up with the same team. Okay. Yeah. 
but yeah. it's okay. It's okay. It's not selling it to me. Some things are just best left alone, I think. Yeah. I think if you hadn't seen the first one and you were a kid, it would be awesome. Oh, yeah. 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 So, actual topic for the day. <laughs> sure. So funny. On the way here, I was like, fuck. Or the, yesterday, I was like, well, I have no idea what the podcast is going to be about. Yeah. That's every week. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I could t- we could use this whole hour and a half for just absolute nothing. rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should. We put that out to the fans. Can we just come in and just talk <laughs> shit like we were on a golf course for an hour and you'll all listen? <laughs> Maybe every now and then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had an interesting, and I was talking to you like before we hit record, like, have you had any interesting check-ins lately? <laughs> and sometimes it is just like you're in a zone where all your clients are kind of on point. You know what's going on. They know what's going on. It's just like... It's not just, worth coming on a podcast and be like, well, yeah. I changed their macros. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you're just turning dials, right? Yeah, yeah. because yeah, um, we're real. I'm real in that at the moment. Everyone's like 12 weeks out, 11 weeks out, yeah. nine weeks out, eight weeks out. So it's yeah. just like, do everything that we've done over the last 14 weeks. Again. Again. Yeah. <laughs> With less food. With less food <laughs> and more activity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had some interesting ones this week, which was fun. Awesome. Um, I'm going to sit here and tune in like everybody else. But I thought <laughs> that we could discuss um, just how we approach stuff like that because I, I posted and I actually had some people ask questions about it. So I just want to caveat what I said just then, by the way, because I seem to be the over oversimplifier of everything. <laughs> um, you controlling we're, we're controlling those variables, like I said before, but the planning is where the most complex shit kind of starts from. Yeah. Yeah, and we've done episodes on that. Yeah, it's yeah. just like sometimes people like you. For some reason, people want like overcomplicated shit, and when you yeah. don't overcomplicate it, and it's too simple, they're just like, "Oh well, that person either doesn't know what he's talking about, yeah. or it's just not complicated enough for me to to be abide interested. by." Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's like planning and periodization is the key. Yeah, it should be easy. Yeah, if it's yeah. going well, you should be able to say keep as is. Like that. Yeah, that is your yeah. goal. Yeah, and then when it's not going to plan you have a pretty good idea of what the issues are yeah 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 <laughs> yeah because i'm the apparently the over oversimplifier it's like everybody tells you who that, said that don't we smash them nah <laughs> it's just like <laughs> you know i you just get that vibe sometimes no it's I know. like i know and i know um without making this uh discussion about contest prep even though i really want to talk about that only at the moment um, um can everyone just send in their recommendations for contests prep coaches and bodybuilding coaches to come mm. on the podcast and so, talk about the same things I talk Jace about. is sick of talking about <laughs> shit with people that I talk to about nah, people I train <laughs> the funny part is like anyone we get on is going to talk about the same stuff because it's, yeah. like, it's all it's the same, same, same way yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but um yeah it's just like the the desire for over complexity is mm. just too rife and it's when you come when you do what you're supposed to do and peel all the layers back and just be like no 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 we just control your your diet yeah. control your training and control your activity um we don't need to worry about all this stuff they're like no surely not surely you <laughs> yeah. can't do that yeah it's like can't no. be that simple yeah yeah it's that easy yeah and yeah. The, the hard part there is like walking the line of from the buy-in standpoint yeah well that's and that's so it. do you just make shit up just to be like yeah this is hard do this so yeah. it feels like it's Some, sometimes on the grind bro sometimes you you're just making adjustments that mean nothing mm just so that person's like, oh, like, like oh my macros changed a little bit. It's like, yeah. your macros don't need to change. I've eaten the same amount of protein for like five years. Yeah. It's like <laughs> and, 220 and grams. <laughs> yeah. 220 grams, 200, 220 grams. Haven't really changed it. Yeah. And it's like, you know, but it's like, oh, I go, oh, I've got to make, you know, you have to make a change. Yeah. Like you just have to. And if you don't, then it's like you start to lose mm. the, um, the buy-in. So that can be one of those things that um, happens when you work with people is like the monotony is yeah. not always a good thing. Um, yeah. And in creating that variability, you know, with, and as the coach, you obviously want to rationalize your choices and stuff and, and you can stick to your method. Mm. Um, but if you do find you're kind of getting that vibe from the client that it's like, they just need something to freshen up. It's like, if you can't do it within their program, yeah. um, which we talk about all the time, it's like keep your core units and then just like vary the fluff yeah. and the fluff and buff stuff. Yeah. Um, then you might need to just make a change there. Yeah doesn't really it's like oh here's 10 grams more of you know carbohydrates and you know yeah. five grams less of fat yeah. like means nothing in the grand scheme of things but you think it's, it's different it feels different yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And i think the message to the client too is just like 
no news is good news most of the time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, even with, like, assessing movement and stuff, sometimes it's just, like, when it's a skill thing, it's yeah. just, like, three out of those five were great. Two of them sucked. Yeah, just... What did you do on those ones? Instead of me trying to throw 20 cues at you that you're going to forget by the time you go train anyway. Yeah. Just, like, what was the difference? Oh, I think I did this. Okay, mm. do that for all of them. Yeah. And it's, like, by week four, you're going to be nailing it. Yeah. Like, you don't need that input from me. No. Um, and I have a lot of people like, oh, can you check my form? Can you check my form? It's like, it's the same as last week. Yeah. Like it's... Yeah, and even... You've uh, been training for six years. In a lot of cases, they want to They want to know... They want there to be something as yeah. well. So, yeah. Because I'm always like, if I'm looking at someone move, I'm trying not to tell them anything. Correct. That's yeah. the goal. The goal Minimum, is to say as yeah, little, little as possible. possible. Yeah. Even say nothing. Yeah. Because I know a lot of my clients like want to oh, rip this apart. Mm. And it's like, it's fucking good, man. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is there to rip apart? Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I just saw your big toe kind of like just, you know, turn in a little bit. <laughs> so that might suggest that we're not fully, pl- you know, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. if it looks good, it looks good, mm. you know? Um, and I think that, yeah, we can get too caught up and trying to overcomplicate shit when it's like, you know, in my experience that yeah. we should really just be doing the complete opposite. It's yeah. Like, if it's simple, effective, it's going to be consistent. Yeah. Consistency is king. And then when you, you say like the, the oversimplification thing too, like, a lot of the time, the complexity's gone into building the program because I already know you do that. Yeah. So if you're like you're going into too much extension through your torso in a squat, it's like I've already got anterior loaded stuff in there to fix that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's already there. It'll do the work. Here's one cue. Keep your ribs down, and then that's it. And they're like, oh, yeah. what else can I do? Should I? It's like it's already there. Just mm. sometimes, yeah. Like I've, one of my <laughs> clients of experience, like what we've actually started to do with her was like put notes after ex- every exercise yeah why because it was like she came out of a powerlifting prep went into a movement variability phase which coincided with focusing on body composition yeah so now we're kind of sliding into the check-in stuff that we were going to talk about um and she was sort of like she's like oh, i just I have no motivation to train like i don't this kind of idea of focusing on body compositions, messing with my head, like blah, blah, blah. I'm like five steps back. Everything in this program is designed to make you a better powerlifter. Yeah. It just looks like a bodybuilding program. Yeah, which it's like, oh, okay. So it's like this. Nine, 95% of powerlifters should train like bodybuilders. Nazis, for 100%. a lot of, more, yeah. like, you know, not even, scrap that. It's like a powerlifter should train like a bodybuilder for 50% of their year. Yeah. You know, even more, you yeah. know. Yeah. So, and then you just have to do it in a way that improves skill. Yeah, and not like that's yeah, and yeah. make sure that the <coughs> there well, is some element of those core yeah. lifts that you you know you're where the specificity yeah. lies for the, like, for the outcome. Like a bodybuilder probably needs to be defined as like with the intent of accruing large amounts of volume, probably adding muscle mass and progressively overloading over time. Like in the end, in rep ranges traditionally known as bodybuilding kind of rep ranges, so you can accrue Ooh, that eight to volume. twelve reps, then maybe five. The bodybuilding range, maybe five to twenty. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like the skill acquisition is part of it, and then everything else is just like, okay, is there any like a, a bodybuilder goes, all right, I need to train quads. What's the best way for me to train quads? Yeah, and it's like I would look at it and go, okay, under a really heavy load, you have a propensity to like collapse through your upper back Mm. so when i select your movement for quads i also challenge your upper back yeah and when i select your row i challenge your upper back and i'm willing to trade out a bent over row for a pen lay row because it has more skill carryover to a deadlift shit um, shit bodybuilding move but i'm still gonna go do like volume accruing movements with like an overhand row somewhere else yeah so it's it's um yeah i think people get a little bit lost in that they think that oh, now it's just body composition. It's like, it yeah. looks too simple. It can't be this easy. It's like, no, everything yeah. has a purpose. And that's, and the complexity lies in the, in the, the model and yeah. the system. So yeah. the periodization is where the complexity lies. So yeah. you should be able to move from those mesocycles and go, right, well, all these, these training blocks where it's like, okay, so this is the movement variability mm. slash improvement in body composition phase. Now we move into some form of hybrid kind yeah. of training system to you know, work on the peak, the core lifts and improve your hypertrophy and whatever. Yeah. 
then it's mo- then it's strength accumulation yeah. then it's expression next thing you know you're peaking Same again. and you're at the meet yeah and you made improvements to whatever it is you know so it's that complexity that well that's where the complexity is and then everything yeah. else is actually quite simple when you plan things properly yeah which a client often doesn't see and with yeah. an online client you have less opportunity to communicate it yeah um so I think it's important sometimes to know the client too. Like sometimes they need a loom that's 15 minutes long about why the program is the way that it is, the start of yeah. their block. Other other clients don't give a fuck. They're just like, okay. Yeah, I think if you've got uh, people that have time-sensitive goals or time-based goals, not sensitive but based, so it's like we know roughly around this time we're going to be doing this. So, mm. you know, you guys have powerlifting meets, bodybuilding shows, photo shoots, whatever. Mm. You can map out the periodization. You can reverse engineer that periodization. And it doesn't have to be to the micro yeah. uh, degree. It can just be, this is what we're going to do here. This yeah. is what we're going to do here. So they can kind of see as they transition through those weeks and yeah. months that that's kind of what it's going to look like for them. So mm. they don't get hung up on week to week. Yeah, And it's like, oh, I can't really see how this falls into the plant. Yeah, But when you've got a gen pop client, it's not a gem pop client a client with a not a time sensitive goal yeah but they just want to train to you know look better whatever if you can't make it time sensitive that's when it becomes a little bit tough yeah especially it's like oh, i had a bad week this week and it's like okay well let's just repeat it you know if we get mm. too hung up on that periodization model it's like Become what happens when someone doesn't follow the, yeah. the the plan the plan yeah yeah we used to do those you know really regimented training cycles and it's yeah. like oh I've missed week three. I was sick. So can I just have a new program? Yeah. It's like, well, you sure you don't want to just pick up where you left off or repeat the training cycle? Oh, no, I just prefer a new program. Yeah. Like, so it just doesn't work that way um, in practice on the other end of the spectrum. Mm. Yeah. So I think it's twofold. Knowing what client wants to know how much. And that's something I always talk about, in particularly in onboarding. Mm. It's like, there's a lot that goes into your programming, but I'm not going to send you a 20-minute video and tell you every time. Unless you ask. Because if I do, you just won't look at it anyway. Yeah. So I think knowing which clients do want it, which ones don't, because you don't want to overcomplicate and scare the ones that don't care or waste your own time. Yeah. Um, But the ones that do actually need that for, like we said, the buy-in, they need to feel feel like there's enough complexity that it's going to make the changes. And it's important to communicate where that is. Yeah. So that same client we're talking about went into the body composition phase after a <coughs> excuse me after a prep um, was one of the check-ins I wanted to talk about, which was it's a pretty common thing that I see people coming out of preps that then go into with the movement variability. What we often try and do is put as much single leg stuff in as we can because it's like you haven't worked in that yeah environment <laughs> for such a long time. Yeah, um, but really common for that to trigger like lower back pumps it's not even pain just like lower back pump Um, and then doing movements they haven't done for a while also starts to trigger that as well so what we've done in in this instance and then I'll I'll flick it to you like how you sort of taurine intake and lie on the back just just foam roller (laughs) foam roller between every single set that was my coping mechanism I was just up the taurine yeah yeah take taurine taurine and caffeine pre-training and then foam roll between every set of squats so you can walk Um, so we don't want her doing that because she doesn't have three hours to be in the gym like I did doesn't so not a not a primary solution anyway. <laughs> um, but typically, what it suggests is that we've lost um, the ability to control the pelvic lumbic kind of area during those those movement patterns. Mm. Usually, it'll mean you're going into too much extension, um, or you're falling in deflection and trying to yeah. pull into extension throughout. Falling forward, yeah. There's a movement. Uh, there's a there's movement in that area that we don't want essentially like if you look at reference lines like this part should be still and it's not mm. um so how do we go about fixing that often too it's a um teaching that pelvic pelvic lumbar control is best done in movements yeah it's like yes the the bird dog and the all of that shit helps the hip tucks yeah hip tucks yep. the um internal rotation bounces some of mm. fox videos favorites um, yeah like that stuff all helps but like the best way to improve it is to do a thing that requires it Yeah, but you have to control frequency intensity of exposure mm. so we during the prep had upper lower days which has always kind of worked for her yep 
upper one day, lower the next. Because we had such a density of movement variability, once she did one exercise that set it off, she was kind of not great for the rest of the session. Yep. So what we did was first thing was move to full body days. Hmm. So, oh, actually, first thing we did was regress the exercises. That still didn't quite, was like one exercise still flared it up and was like, oh, there's no, not really any further we can go here and I want you doing this pattern. So then we went to full body sessions where it was like two, two to three leg exercises per day. And that seemed to really help. And then we added in the movement prep stuff. Hmm. So it was like shoulder touches, bird dogs, dead bugs, those fundamental kind of like quote unquote core exercises that then moved into the to the other training and within like three weeks it's like bang fixed so have you experienced that do you do anything similar like what's your <coughs> no we'll just pick a <coughs> an isolation exercise <laughs> to work around the problem <laughs> single leg leg extension fixed <laughs> still single leg leg <laughs> um no, uh, very similar approach. Um, it depends. For me, it depends on where they're at in um, the the whole training cycle. Mm. Like I've got clients at the moment that we're so close to prep that we can't really spend time trying to copious amounts of time addressing the issue. Of course. So we have to pick a movement where we can still, I guess, uh, execute for the primary goal. Mm. So I like to have, you know, some form of like intensification component to their workout. And it's like, cool, maintain strength or increase it. Um, and then the volumizing component of the sessions. And it's like, okay, yeah. well, let's try and accrue this, you know, increase this over time because yeah. that's going to be the best way to um, burn energy and, and retain tissue. So if someone's coming to me saying, oh, you know, um, I can't do this, this hurts, that hurts. It's like there's a superficial layer where we can try and address it immediately. Yeah. You know, it's like, um, you know, is it a preparation thing? Is it a technique thing? Yeah, that's the one thing I didn't mention. I actually um, look at the lifts first. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So usually like that's the first thing we'll yeah. go to is like, I'll say, have you warmed up, for example, mm -hmm. sufficiently? And let me see the lift yeah. itself. And then after that, if those two things aren't improving the problem, um, we'll look at the programming itself. Maybe it's the order, maybe it's the, you know, the dosage, you know, those yeah. kind of things. But after that, it's like for that particular time frame, we have to pick something else to service the primary outcome of that program yeah. and we'll address it later. Yeah. yeah in in conjunction you with, you know, working most of the time, I'm just going to go, right, well, if our interventions aren't going to work immediately, go get some work done, especially being so close to, to, to yeah. comp. Yeah. If we're not close to comp though, we can peel the layers back. We mm. can play around with tempo. We can play around with load and we can play around with other um, exercise variations and, and whatnot. So yeah. it really does depend on where that person is. Because um, when, you know, I would say it all the time, you can't change the date of Correct. something. You yeah. know, they're not going to go, oh, you know, the USAPLs, are, we're going to move them back a week for you. Yeah, you know? yeah. So at sometimes... Could you know in Federation? <laughs> it's the only one. I, I think I'm, I saw it in someone's Instagram feed. Maybe Adams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, in some instances, and look with bodybuilding, because we're not, because um, the physical, uh, I guess the physical proponents to the outcome. Mm. So the outcome is to be massive and shredded. Yeah. So we don't have to do an an activity or an exercise. Yeah, that's right. It's like that. No one has to sit there and go, "Have you squatted?" and deadlifted yeah. and bench pressed in your yeah. program. Can you do a front foot elevated split squat for me? I just yeah. want to see how your hips function. So because of that, because <laughs> that's not really going to, in the short term, affect the outcome. Yep. So I say in the short term, because obviously moving properly is important overall. <laughs> yep. um, we can work around that with variety yep. you know, in the gym. So if someone can't squat, for whatever reason, you know, back squat, mm. maybe we'll do a single leg variation and, you know, we can kind of work around that for now. But it's like at some point you are going to have to address the issue. Yep. It just depends on how much time you have. Hey guys, hope you are enjoying this week's episode. If you are, please remember to like, share and subscribe. Don't forget to head to the website where we have all our free resources, gifts, products, services and merch for you guys to enjoy. All right, let's head back to the episode. So, yeah, that's always been my argument with like the you don't have to squat crowd. It's like you don't, but you should be able to. Yeah. That's kind of my thing. And it's yeah, like, I think it's more... Then, then choosing when you can 
is important, like you said. Yeah. Like if you're 12 weeks out from a bodybuilding show and you can't back squat, now's not the time. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. at some point, it's like once that show's over, similar to like this powerlifting setup that, that we have where you just have a different type of specificity. The specificity yeah. is based around stimulus rather than a movement pattern. Yeah. So as you drive that, when you come out the other end, you're like, okay, you can't scratch your own back and you can't bend down on the floor. Let's actually build some... Are you saying that to me personally? Well, <laughs> let's let's move some, without saying a trigger word, Like let's build some functionality into your yeah. body again with yeah. different movement patterns. Yeah, yeah. I think... I think where the message gets lost with the don't you don't have to squat bench and deadlift is that good good coaches are identifying that certain people are going to squat in a certain way mm. and that's maybe not going to develop their legs yeah. in a way that other people can squat. Yeah. And then you take an inexperienced coach who doesn't have a really good idea of movement and mm. you know activation and and those kind of things, and then just goes, oh, well, we don't need a squat um, yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, there's definitely, you know, we should we should we should always be trying to implement those patterns into mm. someone's program. Yeah. Um, like we just said, there's a time and a place, and then there's legitimately people where it's like squatting just has no value. Yeah. To your outcomes. Yeah. Or well, the trade off for the outcome is too much. <clears throat> yeah, I've got a client yeah. who's like her legs are like make up legitimately <laughs> two thirds of her body. Yeah. So Same. I'm like, <laughs> okay. And she's so, got an ankle block. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, so I, I have a similar similar situation and it's like, okay, so squatting is not going to happen for you. Yeah. You know? And it's the, that's when it's like split squat. Even in the split squat, it's like, you know, uh, rear foot elevated, uh, mm. front foot heel, heel elevated, yeah. um, front loaded. Yeah. You know, there's just like all of these little adjustments that we have to make yeah. that are going to benefit that person. Yeah. Not necessarily everyone. everyone, and then you got the client with like the short femurs, and it's like, cool man, just squat, all squat. Day, son. Yeah, nice, good, healthy ankles, and it's like, yeah. bury yourself, son. Yeah, you know? yeah. I had a um, a client. I did a face to face with her last week. It's another one on the check ins. Um, who had just been working for ages just to work on control, movement, um, spatial awareness, all that kind of stuff. So her squatting patterns previously had just really been went leg press to hack squat hack squat in a smith machine that didn't really work back to the hack squat just because it was primarily like the goal was body composition and she was like i'm pretty keen to do the lift off and i'm like well your bench press is great your deadlift is great but you can't squat to save your life so we need to have an intervention mm. had a look at everything basically she broke every bone in her ankle like five years ago so even when she stands that leg still turned out and when she walks that foot's turned out because she just obviously through having the boot and the, the yeah. movement restriction like she doesn't go through ankle flexion ever um, so it's like okay well like and <laughs> for every personal trainer that works in a health club this isn't a fix all solution and just because your client can't hit depth don't just do this chuck the heel chuck a heel we like put it. us up on some lifts <laughs> put her on some <laughs> we plates elevated her heels number one <laughs> Uh, it's like the um, you know, the meme with the the chisel on the door lock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of instances, that's what yeah. it is. So, and I, I thankfully had a safety bar in in the gym as well. So, yeah, safety bar, heels elevated, it's like bang, hamstrings to calves, and I was like, okay, yeah. So we have a legitimate. There's no like rubber band but we can yeah. put around your foot to fix this. This is fucked. Unless you go get surgery and we fix it. Um, so I was like, cool. So you have two choices. Keep doing what you're doing or buy some lifters. Yeah. And then we can squat. Mm. And just understand that that comes with a financial investment, et cetera, et cetera. If you want to yeah. squat, we can. Otherwise, like it's not going to matter in terms of your development. Just like, no, I want to squat. Like I like the idea of it and I want to do the lift off. Like, cool. Mm. Sweet. Go buy some ROMs, get your heels up in the air, happy days. Yeah. So I think, yeah, there's there's a lot in that in terms of just like actually, like you were saying before, looking at the individual and what the individual kind of needs. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what good coaching is. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But it, it is cool to see like a client who has struggled with a movement 
Because, like, I obviously do, like, my pre-screening thing, like, what's the heaviest weight you've got been deadlift to give yeah. me an idea from an online standpoint. It's like, you know how to move and me giving you those movements is going to be safe. Yeah. And she had a decent number, but I hate to see what it looked like when she did it. Because it was, like, the first first week of the program, I was like, cool, send me all your videos. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're not squatting. Yeah. Like, that's not... <laughs> that's not Good it morning. right now. Yeah, it's like <laughs> anterior load, heels elevated like goblet squat or front rack kettlebell or something that's going to encourage that position. Yeah. Um, but we're not barbell squatting just yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it, it it's cool for her too now to be like, well, now I can. Yeah. Now and I've, I've if you're not there, this. you want peace of mind that like they're not killing themselves. Yeah. Gym, like legitimately not yeah. effort wise. But like you said, like she didn't need to. Yeah. It's like, what? There's no benefit to you doing that. Yeah. I'd made programming when she was at home during COVID harder. <laughs> Because like yeah. we didn't have much exercise selection to choose from because you have a lot of equipment, but yeah, once you're in the gym, man, like there's heaps of stuff you can do. Yeah, yeah, heaps of alternatives. So another one, and this is interesting because I shit on PTs trying to be endocrinologists all the time. <laughs> so I'm going to, uh, I guess, shed light on why I fire those comments out so often because of what we can actually influence as a personal trainer. Yep. So I had a client who. Um, basically just reported that her menstrual cycle has become strangely inconsistent compared yeah. to what it usually was. Mm-hmm. So it was like a little bit of a bleed when there shouldn't have been and then it didn't come and then it came six weeks and then it was just all over the place. Whereas in the past, it's been pretty predictable um, on the on the day kind of thing. So it's like that's a warning sign for us. Yeah. So as a as a coach, I think one of the best things we actually did was adding the menstrual cycle tracker to our data Yeah, for a lot of reasons. One being you can see when this happens. Yeah. Two, you can also compare like week for like week. I yep. think we were talking to Dean about that in the yeah. uh, in the contest prep yep. one. It's like, well, compare week one of your cycle to week one of your cycle. Measurements, body weight, mood, etc. If they improve, you improved. Yep. Not compare week four to week one yeah yeah because that's gonna fuck your head up or week three to week four is usually (laughs) where it's sort of like i hate everything cut my calories i'm fat etc that that sort of starts to come into that phase so yeah so we look at this and we go okay so for this individual what's changed and what's changed for her is her output's gone up exponentially so she's training for a half marathon so, like, that on top of her regular training, on top of her super crazy work schedule, on top of just life stress, et cetera, it's like all of a sudden we've extended what we can possibly do. Yeah. Now, in the past, this was a client who was, like, very diligent with tracking. We did bikini comps, all that kind of stuff, like, really um, on point with all that stuff. Now, it's more like an intuitive hunger signaling, eat protein every meal kind of approach. So then we sit back and go, all right, we're looking now that we're actually seeing some side effects of that approach, which is what, I don't know about you, but more often than not with clients, I see tracking to get people to eat enough, not the other way around. Yeah. Most most, most clients I work with don't eat enough on a daily basis if they're not measuring their nutrition. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then on the weekends, they'll blow out or whatever. <clears throat> so yeah. the fat loss doesn't happen and it's like yeah calorie deficit bro and it's like yeah more consistently high calories is probably going to change the behavior that you and render the outcome you're looking for yeah but from a performance standpoint it's like most of the time if they're not tracking they don't eat enough food yeah so it, it, it's probably going to affect their recovery more than anything mm. which is going to affect their stress load yeah yeah so we know already that like we're chasing protein um, she's vegan as well so that's already a challenge Actually, pescatarian, I think. Yeah. So, that's already a challenge to get enough protein in. And it just hasn't been huge on the priority list. Yeah. So, now it's the time to step back and go. It, so, that's context of this individual. Mm. Any individual that showed this, I would do the same thing. Yeah. What What are the lowest hanging fruit things we can look at to manage stress load with this person? Yeah. Are they sleeping? Are they eating enough? Are they eating enough protein? Has training volume output intensity changed? Mm. Can we reduce it or manage it differently? Yeah. 
and lifestyle stress, work, relationship, shit that goes on in life. Like if any of those things have changed or have changed is the first place I'm looking. Yeah. It's like, okay, so your training's gone up, you probably need to eat some more. Or sleep's gone down, we probably need to train a bit less if we can't fix that problem. Thoughts? Yeah, well, they're the only dials that we can really turn. Yeah. You know, um, is there anything else you look at? Because I don't think there is that there, I look at. I don't think there's anything that we should really mm. look at and should really go to dive into. You yeah. know, some people um, obviously dance on the spectrum of, you know, starting to prescribe certain supplements and, yep. you know, all of that kind of stuff. I think if we get to that situation, like, you're better off just going to someone who's, you know, a specialist in yeah. that area to take care of that stuff. Um it's unfortunate that people think that personal trainers should be able, should have mm. the ability to make those decisions or expect the personal trainers to yep. make those decisions when they really shouldn't. I think the hardest part is like what we do influences it. Yeah. But we mm. aren't qualified to yeah, that's more go to the next step, if yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Like what, yeah. The decisions, you, you should be aware of the menstrual cycle, how it works, what happens mm. at each phase and understand all of that across the board, 100% think that that's important knowledge for personal trainers to know. 100%. Because what you do choose to do with someone, mm. if you're prescribing nutrition and training, will affect that outcome. Yeah. Once that outcome is, it, those I's are, are dotted and T's are crossed, it's outside of your scope now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So I think outside of like nourishment and stress load and sleep and those kind of things like we don't really have the ability to kind of prescribe anything else on top of that yeah the only other thing i would say is it's like it, again it's hard when you got a time sensitive goal um yeah. on top of that yeah that so- you know if these things are happening it's like you've got to yeah. in some instances weigh up which one's more important yeah it's a different scenario isn't it yeah yeah because yeah. this this is like a whoops like yeah. it wasn't a planned way of riding you yeah, like to a date, to yeah. a thing, to a whatever. It's like you're doing a fun run as a as a goal, and it's something that you want to mm. achieve because you like it. Getting outside's good, blah 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 blah, and it kind of funnels into the rest of the training you're doing. Mm. Fuck, now your menstrual cycle's gone a bit weird. Yeah, let's pay way more. It's we already know myself and the client that it's nutrition related. Sleep's yeah. good, lifestyle hasn't changed, training's gone up. Yeah, but nutrition doesn't support it. Yeah, so it's like we know that's where we need to go, but for powerlifting preps bodybuilding preps those types of things where we are driving stress it's like okay the last two months maybe it's going to be affected yeah. but we have a very specific plan on the back end to yeah. get back into a yeah. reduced stress state as much as we possibly can yeah yeah and it's like interesting enough like i don't know just <clears throat> seen it happen with a couple of clients and know of someone else as well it's like now like post COVID and COVID infection. Yeah. It's like, that's just yeah, a little bit distorted. Made some things weird. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and the same feedback from this client as well. Yeah. It's yeah, just like it's not weird since it's not just the stress and the, this and the, that it's like, yeah, there's just a couple of people. It's like, they've been infected. Yep. They've, they've recovered from the infection, but not like things just haven't fully recovered. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, add in the training, add in yeah. the um, a calorie deficit, excuse me, <clears throat> um, add in all of those things. And it's like, it's a combination of things affecting that system. Yeah. Yeah. In theory, you would, I guess, assume that that's probably going to be a stress-influenced outcome anyway, like post-COVID and stuff. It's like there's, mm. a, there's stress on the system in some way, shape or form. Yeah. You would I- assume, I guess. Yeah, who knows? I'm, mm. I'm not a doctor. Yeah, I don't uh, pretend to be one yeah. either. Yeah, but um, th- yeah, it's just a hard. Sometimes it can be a little bit tough because you're you want to help the person, you want to help the client, obviously, and um, there are dials that you guys can turn. But I think in a lot of instances, it's like okay, so go get some bloods, go you know yeah. see your GP and and get them to get a, have a look at um, some things What's from that perspective, yeah. and then it's like okay, you know, once you get that news back, it's like you're really dialing the amount of stress that you can impose on somebody, and they're trying where possible to take the stress layer down or the stress yeah. levels down um and then yeah you're just like assessing and seeing if that works the only time that comes really hard is like i said before it's like i'm competing on this day yeah 
And it's like, okay, well, if things aren't where they need to be and we only are in control of these things mm. and you have to, and you tick in all these boxes, it's probably heavily influ- in, influenced by your total stress load. Yeah. And it's like, in some instances, it's like, you got to choose. Yeah. Do you want to do it or you don't? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah. That that's the only time when it, it gets really tough. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And then whatever time you've spent pushing it, it's like, you got to spend that time on the back end recovering. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I've had um, and obviously like working predominantly with women. I'm sure you've experienced the same thing. It's like you have clients come to you who want to conceive, or they've not had their period for a couple of years or whatever, and it's like, oh, this is a, something that I'd really like to address. And it's like I've had clients attribute the outcome of like a returning uh, menstrual cycle or being able to conceive or whatever sometimes both attribute to like, Oh, your magic. You've like changed my life, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, thank you, but not really. Yeah. All we did was the same that I would do with any other client, which is manage all the variables that we as coaches can manage. Yeah. Programming, nutrition, recovery. Really? That's it. Yeah. And then like encourage lifestyle choices that are concurrent with those three things. Yeah. So most of the time, if you're coming to me and you're like, hey, I haven't had my period for two years, I'm like, cool, what's your stress been like for two years? Yeah, how much activity? What's your nutrition's been like? What's your training been like? Okay, it's like, okay, if we, that's not enough food to sustain that much training and you're fucking stressed all the time. So I can help you address all of those things which yeah. over time and again, still like, you still need to go work with a professional and yeah. get those things looked at, but I'll play my role over here on this as well yeah yeah there just seems to be like such a lack of um or such a reluctance to collaboratively work with other people on an issue mm. like it just yeah. yeah yeah in all of those cases i've almost never had back and forwards with like the medical professionals yeah it's just like i'll just do my thing you guys do yeah your thing. but even then trying to get them involved like the concept yeah. of someone saying hey you should go see this person to get it sorted out it's like mm. what and it's like what do you mean yeah it's like, yeah. I don't have a doctorate of medicine yeah. on the wall. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, I, that's really important. Beyond. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond scope and uh, obviously the best person for the job. Too. Yeah. You know, and we have a medic, we have a good medical system for now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Topic um, for another day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've experienced this before, but I've um, had with a couple of clients lately, actually, just like clients going back to maintenance calories and being really hungry still. And like, the, the, I had one of my clients who was just like, this is fucked. Like, I know I'm at maintenance calories. I've been here before. Like, weight's stable. Everything's good. She goes, but I'm just, I'm fucking over it because I'm hungry all the time. Mm. I'm like, okay, let's have a look at what you're eating. Yeah. And this is where like the macro Steve thing comes in. It's like, <laughs> just eat your macros. yeah, it's like, okay, th- there's more to food than macros. And you have a look at it and she was eating like, fuck, I reckon maybe 600 grams of food a day. Really? Yeah, because it was like a shake, a protein bar, a fucking, yeah, like some pasta yeah. or um, wheat bix and shit like that. I'm like, okay, let's try and get your food closer to like one and a half kilos, two kilos of food per day. Yeah. I bet you're not hungry. Residue on food is important. Yeah. Like, you know, you have to, you know, we have, our stomach will register like just in terms even of just the volume, volume itself yeah. to send signals to the brain to satiate, say we're satiated and whatnot. So yeah. if you're taking a low residue approach and, and hunger is an issue, yeah, that is definitely going to be the first place to go. Um, yeah. you know, gen- that's generally why we, we prescribe targets for fiber outside of yeah. the health benefits that come with it, obviously controlling blood sugar, um, digestive health and those kind of things it's because those things are going to pass through the system slower and mm. they're generally more voluminous in, in food um, as yeah. well. So that's a no-brainer from uh, a dieting perspective if someone's trying to, you know, cure the hunger. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Have you had that much? Um, look, it depends. It would depend on the um, the results that come out on the back, side, the back end of it. Like if you take someone to like a hypothetical maintenance point, especially when they've been in a low energy state. 
it I would be really interested to see what their body weight did over that week because sometimes when we increase the food, their activity increases and their yep. intensity and their training increases yep. and so still in a deficit. So they're still in a, a, a slight deficit as well. Yep. So then there's you know um, the hunger that becomes or you know is on the back end of that because mm. they just moved more and that that's um, pretty evident in uh, refeed studies as well. Like they're like there's not an increase in in your metabolism per se after a refeed. <clears throat> there's activity. a re- there's an increase in activity there's yeah. an increase in just like neat in general so i'd be really interested to know if that person experienced that because yeah. then you know you could pin it to to that as well yeah. and then i look it depends on how lean they are um as well like obviously when someone's dieted the first thing their body and they're lean the first thing their body's gonna want to do is put body, body fat yeah. back on you know yeah. and then so it's like oh well you know send signals of uh, high signals of ghrelin to to increase hunger and and uh, dive the the leptin to you know so the body doesn't tell itself that it's full you know do you think that's based on a body composition or percentage of body weight loss uh, uh it would it's indicative of their uh, their levels of body fat and the time frame that they've dieted for i'm pretty sure yeah interesting because i feel like like we're not super low levels of body fat yet but we do yeah. have made in the last 12 months made pretty significant changes to overall um, yeah. body fat levels in terms of like percentage lost yeah yeah sometimes so it might not even be that similar. like you know it can, yeah and it, you know then it can be like blood sugar levels like blood sugar regulation hydration status like those things are really mm. um influential on hunger yeah, yeah. sleep and, too yeah especially if <clears throat> so this is me just spitballing now if the food volume's going up and the hydration isn't there it's like yeah. that's going to have an issue as well yeah so there's a couple of things that you can look at mm. and just peel them off one by one. Yeah. Um, and then obviously there's a difference between psychological hunger and physical hunger too. Of course. Yeah. So it's like, you know, which boxes are you ticking in the, mm. on the hunger spectrum? And it's like, okay, I'm not actually hungry. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just think I am. Yeah. You know, which is still hard to. Still got to manage it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's still hard and it's still <laughs> tough. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's generally what I would think or what I would do in that situation. Mm. Sweet. Yeah. And speaking of hunger, I had a client who was like, we bombed his calories because he wanted to do a mini cut. So just for definition purposes, a mini cut is a short, aggressive cut. Yeah. So. Four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. But it's short and aggressive. Yeah. So he was like, mini cut. I'm like, cool. Mini cut. Bang. And I was like, fuck, you know, I'm so hungry. Um, and you know, can't think all that kind of shit. I was like, okay, so this is just too much. Yeah. Um, so then peeled it back to something really, uh, less aggressive, more mild. Um, and he was like, oh, I'm still hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And then all of a sudden it would just changed. And he's like, I'm not hungry anymore. And then as soon as he reported that the hunger went down, mm-hmm. the body fat fell off and the body weight just dived, man. Interesting. Like, Stress. Nah, look, I personally think that he, like, so I personally think that he wasn't metabolically flexible. Yeah. So, so I think, crashing. yeah, so I think that his yeah. body's ability to change from fat to carbohydrate and, by, and back was mm. poor. So when we did the aggressive cut to start with, that's what the reason why he was feeling the way he was feeling. Yeah. And that's why that aggressive mini cut didn't work. And then when we peeled it back to a moderate deficit, that gave him the time to become a little Adapt. bit more flexible, yeah. like dropping body weight, dropping body fat overall with a mild deficit, that metabolic flexibility started to come. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure we threw a cardio session in as well, which obviously helps with that too. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as that reported suppression of hunger kind of happened, it just, it just, the body weight is just peeled off. So interesting. Yeah. It's yeah. really crazy. And look, it makes sense. Like, you know, you, in a growth phase, you know, you're driving carbohydrates, main fuel source, body's always going to try and convert that for fuel first and you know yeah. then we move to fat later but if you're in a surplus you're not really ever getting into a situation where you're burning large amounts of fat like yeah. you would always be kind of burning glucose and you're storing glucose in your um in your muscles and yeah, glycogen yeah. as well so was unless, he in a large surplus prior yeah large surplus then we went to maintenance but it was just even then it's just like you know carbohydrates make up over 50 percent of the diet mm. so it's like in some instances and that's where um using aerobics in a in a plan at all times is advantageous and sometimes maybe dare i say it um <laughs> fasted cardio <laughs> um even fasting yeah. you know and i don't mean fasting isn't like you know 24 hours it's just like 
sometimes just waking up in the morning, extending that fasted yeah. period just for a little bit, it's like it is a really good way of just like keeping that metabolic flexibility. So if someone did want to take advantage of a mini cut and that was the biggest roadblock that they can do that because they yeah. can switch straight away and not have that kind of fogginess and, you know, whatever. So yeah. I've definitely experienced that myself. Like I spent the best part of four years in a surplus. Mm. Like maybe a day I was in a deficit, but not for any spending period of time. Yeah. Um, and like meal frequency at that point, like six, 700 grams of carbs a day. It's like eating every hour <laughs> pretty much consistently eating yeah. a day. Um, and over the last 12 months, the, the, what I used to do when I used to like do a bulk phase, get lean, we do a photo shoot, whatever. My core meals always stayed the same. And then I yeah. just ate snacks around them. Yeah. Yeah. So when I went back into a deficit, I was just like, well, I have the same core meals and then just have less snacks. Yeah. Fuck, man. Like exactly what your client just experienced. Like it was yeah. so hard. Mm. It's like brain fog, like mm. dizziness, that like ravenous hunger that like you go yep. to the cup and you're like, I'm going to eat a whole fucking block of chocolate right yep. now. Like those kind of weird things. Whereas like now, I haven't eaten yet today. I'll probably yeah. eat kind of three meals plus my lunch. White and creamy before white and creamy <laughs> <laughs> so it's like yeah like the my frequency of feeding the windows i can go without food mm-hmm. even the symptoms of what happens when i don't yeah like if we go play golf or whatever it's like oh, i'll grab a quick snack on the way through and then it's like mm-hmm. i'm not as good by the eighth mm-hmm. or the sixth hole as i would be if i ate properly yeah but six months ago i would have been feeling like i'm gonna pass out cold sweats like yeah. It's like I have to buy a fucking Gatorade on the yeah. way through the clubhouse yeah. just to keep me alive yeah, on the yeah. second half of the, the round. Yeah, and that that's um like we talk about uh not only the benefits of obviously being flexible metabolically for uh fat loss phase, but like that can be one of the reasons why we tap out on the other end of the spectrum in a growth phase as well. Mm. So maintaining that metabolic flexibility is an advantageous thing to do. So that's where even you know having i don't know like one day where you like extend that that Feeding break the the, yeah. the break of the fast um in the morning and you know you maybe uh have some do a fasted cardio session or do some aerobics and stuff there can be strategies that we implement to you know allow us to stay in that growth phase for longer mm-hmm. and you're going to make the most amount of progress doing that yeah you know if, if we can so yeah i just thought that was super interesting yeah to kind of see it play out yeah cool good episode we didn't even get to the formal ones that we had it's good. planned. Don't have to. <laughs> we just say just talking about time. just coaching clients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully there was some takeaways there. If you guys that are listening do have any like specific stuff with your clients that you want to have troubleshoot, mm. um, we're happy to do that. So just yeah, send us yeah. stuff in if you're struggling with this. We won't name you and call you out for being a fucking shit coach or anything like that. <laughs> Um, this fucking spud sent us this. Yeah, case studies are good. So if you um, want case studies, we can unpack them. Yeah, but that'll be, that'll be fun for us to do. Yeah. So next week, I think, unless we have a guest, which is waiting to confirm, but I think it'll be the fortnight after, uh, we'll be talking about sales. So Ooh. stay tuned for that. At STC Fit Learning on Instagram, mm. www.stcfitlearning.com. Where, is it ready yet, Tam? Is it done? Gave Tam a whole new website to build yesterday. I'm asking if it's done today. Wait, it's not done in <laughs> it's not done in 24 hours. Fuck no. Yeah, yeah. Will it be ready on Monday when the episode launches? Oh, it's gonna be ready. Go go to the website. Go look at the new, new website design flash. Yep. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, See you next guys. Time. Bye. Thanks for tuning into the episode. Don't forget to like it if you liked it, and subscribe if you loved it, and share it with somebody who you think needs to hear it. Don't forget also to head to the website for all our free resources, products, services, and merch. All right, see you next time.